Welcome back to The Short Game, a show about short video games, games that respect your time. I'm Reagan Kelly, and I'm joined by all my awesome co-hosts, Shane Kelly, my bro host. How are you doing, Shane? I'm doing real good. How about you? I am feeling truly romantic this <laughs> this evening. And Laura Nash, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm feeling very romantic, feeling very comic booky. Yeah. And Nate Heininger, how you doing, Nate? I'm good. I guess I have a different feeling from this game than necessarily romance, uh, but I'm glad to uh, talk about it. Yeah, actually, good point. Are you feeling like an adult, Nate? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, there's a lot more. <laughs> I'm feeling um, glad that I'm not 25. Like that's... <laughs> yeah, there it is. Um, that's it. And we'll get we'll get into that uh, more. But I'm I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to talk about this game. Yeah. And this week we're talking about a game called Florence. Florence came out on Valentine's Day on the iPhone, I think, or iOS. I I think it's only on iOS at the moment. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so far. Yeah, and uh, it is uh, sort of famously, uh, you know, if you read anything about this game, the first thing they will mention is that this is the first game from Mountains, which is the new development studio headed by Ken Wong, the lead designer of Monument Valley. Um, And if you've listened to the show for a while, you know that we really loved Monument Valley. And so when I heard he was putting something new out and that it was short, I mean, very short, uh, I was obviously interested. Not to mention it's published by Annapurna, who has brought us Gorgora, what we're meant to be the Finch. Like it's a becoming a powerhouse for a publisher. It really is. And it's it seems like it's becoming maybe even specifically the place where really awesome illustration in apps happens on iOS, which, you know, this is a game that is basically a vehicle for Ken Wong's uh, for Ken Wong's cartooning and his illustration. And it's a really fantastically effective one because it's it takes it and it puts it in this interactive context that makes it just really easy to love, you know, really easy to make, mm-hmm. to, to really draw you in to, uh, to his, his illustrations. And this game, illustrations are core to it because it really is an interactive graphic novel, uh, interactive comic book for people who don't have their pretension hat on. And <laughs> really the way you interact and play with it is a huge part of the story. So we're going to spoiler break super early because, um, you know, at times you're doing something as simple as hitting the snooze button, but a lot of the other mechanics in the game, the way you play with the you know, non, there's no text. Very much an illustration game. There's just there's a couple words here and there, but um, they're mostly in a foreign language. Almost all of it's illustration. Yeah. Uh, so we won't talk too much about the plot, other than it's romantic. It's a love story. Uh, but really, if we talk more than just slice of life graphic novel, I think you're going to really miss out on mm-hmm. something special to yeah. the game. And I don't think I kind of touch that. It's a story about someone's like growth and, yes. and I don't so we're that'll be more after the story but or after the spoiler break but yes there's romance plays a heavy part in it but I think it's I think the story is bigger than that and so mm-hmm. when we're sitting here saying it's a romantic game it's a love story game or whatever it is not a dating sim yeah, this very, is not a very good sim. point. Considering that this is this has been the month of dating sims for us, uh, this is yeah. not another dating sim. I actually was kind of expecting more dating simmy elements from it, based on the way they're marketing it. They they really did sort of, um, you know, put the romance 
uh, front and center as part of the description of the game. And I mean, they released it on Valentine's Day, for God's sake. So like, that's definitely core to it. But I mean, there's a reason it's called Florence and not Florence and Krish. Right. Absolutely. (laughs) Because it's about Florence. Yeah. Yeah. And so I I don't want to discount the the romance side. And obviously, that was a that's a big part of it and a big part of the marketing and everything. But if you're listening and saying like, oh, I don't want to play like a love story game. Uh, there's more to it than that. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, it, I really, really enjoyed it. I think we all really enjoyed it. While we're talking kind of before the spoiler break about this and discussing kind of what is going to let you know if this is for you, I think the number one thing that's going to tell you is Florence something that you're really going to enjoy um, is if you have an opinion on kind of what kind of comic books you're into, frankly, right? So if you are the sort of person who has ever picked up a comic book that kind of fits into that indie autobiographical diary comic uh, genre or tiny subgenre, then this is 100% exactly for you. Or if that's the sort of thing that you think you might be interested yeah. in but you don't go to the graphic novel section at the back of the bookstore very often everyone read giant days <laughs> absolutely what is that uh, giant days is a comic about three girls who are having their first year university in britain and it's they're all amazing it's it's my favorite comic i will look it up and i will link to it in the show notes the the kind of format that i'm talking about is getting to be more and more common and it's um, you know, there's there's a lot of illustrators out there who have, you know, interesting personal stories to tell. The number one thing that kind of comes to mind that kind of started off this genre but doesn't really line up with what it is today would be would be Mouse, which was a autobiographical uh and and biographical, but the the kind of subject matter that I'm referring to is really common in um you know, uh, more independent, smaller stuff. And, you know, it's it's also really popular online uh, where you have, you know, typically little small, sometimes four panels, sometimes, you know, often uh, black and white, you know, pure illustration. Um, common in terms of like, uh, you know, short stories. And it's very often relationship-based. Uh, one of the biggest comparisons I've seen from the comic world of this has been Blankets by Craig Thompson, which is Absolutely. a very thick uh, story where there is a romance, but it's also about a coming of age story for a boy. This is much, much shorter. But if you're coming from the comic side, those are some touchstones for you. Uh, Polygon called this game a romantic warrior wear if you're coming from the <laughs> game side. So... Yeah, I I um I do not come from the comic side. Um, I have a lot less experience than than you all. And and to me, the what was most intriguing about this game is um not necessarily the story itself, but how you as a player, as a person, interact with the story, um, and how it's presented to you, and, and the way that you're like kind of involved in it. Um, and I think it's really really unique and super slick and very very. Uh, light but um can also be really engaging and they do a lot of things to get you involved in this story um and and that's what stood out to me the most and so even if you're not into like a romance slice of life story i think you'll find this to be interesting because i think there's a lot of things you can connect to um as well as it's just a really unique way of telling a story 
There's a lot of meaningful uh, metaphorical mechanics that are very rare, especially if you've seen those terrible motion comics they were selling a lot on iTunes back oh, in the day. God, those um, things. Yeah, those are awful. This is very different. Uh, this is something that I don't think would work in a book form. Not at I all. I think that it's it's made to be interactive. Yeah, and it's it's really cleverly interactive throughout. Like it, it's con- it was constantly surprising me with clever like new modes of interaction. I'm sure we'll talk about some of our favorites post spoiler break so that we don't uh, you know uh, interfere with that experience for people who haven't played played it yet. But it, it's full of these little designy clever interactions that feel like they're hinting at a game mechanic. But really, it's it. it I don't think that this ever quite crosses over the line into like full-on game or puzzle it's always just using fun tactile touchscreen interactions to kind of draw you into the into the panel of the comic basically kind of get you involved in the moment yeah i also love a game that recommends wearing headphones Uh, i try to honor it every time um and it's all music and some you know tactile sound effects and it's great i definitely recommend having headphones on it adds to the experience uh yeah, the music is really lovely i i was on an airplane while i was um while i was checking this one out and you know so of course i finished it all in a single sitting because i was sitting there for 13 hours yeah and honestly it's a perfect game for a single sitting because you can complete it in under an hour yeah but i had my headphones on it was like and i felt like transported out mm-hmm. of the airplane completely and it was it was a um really beautiful and one of the things that i don't want to you know jump into any story elements but music is a um is an important aspect of the story as well and so it's woven in beautifully Mm -hmm. and there are there are scenes that i mean i i wish i don't know if we actually have the ability to do this on this episode but i i hope we do have the ability to drop in some of the uh some of the music in this. I'll uh, do my best. I don't think they've released a soundtrack, but I kind of hope that they do because it is just a, a bunch of really beautiful, I think, original uh, compositions mm-hmm. for this game. Um, uh, mostly string instrument stuff, and it's really, really nice. It, it is original compositions and it's um, it's performed. It's it's not uh, a lot of video games. You're going to have one person who makes it all on a computer with, uh, you know, uh, MIDI and stuff like that. They actually in the credits, it actually runs through like the cello player, the violin player, the, uh, you know, percussionist. Like it's they actually had a full orchestra, not a full orchestra, but live musicians perform and record the music for this game. And I think it's noticeable. It it is a really great soundtrack. Yeah, music is an important through line to it, so it's constantly in the foreground. Yeah, you wouldn't expect a a graphic novel, essentially, an interactive graphic novel, to say, please put on your headphones. Uh, And so right when that popped up, I'm like, okay, yeah, was sure, of Mm -hmm. course, I love that. And and it became a big part of it. Um, so it, it's it's another example of a, you know, I, we talk about this all the time, but a game that is taking everything that it's doing very seriously and trying to make the best experience for everything that it puts into it. And, and it, the music comes through. I mean, even the little tiny things like 
on uh, a romantic moment, everything is still except the blush on someone's cheek is animating very slightly. And it just is so lovely and sweet, but it's not overbearing or cheesy. So it's those little touches that I told me I was in good hands uh, and that let me really immerse myself in this for yeah. 30, 40 minutes. I know we've talked about it already, but can we touch on the the art style for a moment, which I think is just like so good. You, you mentioned the, the, the sort of slow blushes and the animation of it mm-hmm. is very, you know, it's like low frames of animation, but like beautifully thought out animations. Very um, smooth, but it, you can see the brush strokes. Yeah. In terms of the style, I would say, I would say it's somewhere in between like a, um, uh, 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 an American comic of today, like, you know, following that tradition and maybe with a little bit of Tintin. That was there. actually my thought too. The, the two, huh. the two things I wrote down for like what I would describe the art style as, as like, um, Quentin Blake, the guy who did all the illustrations for the like Roald Dahl books and everything. Oh that, yeah. That guy's illustration style. I mean, that was always sort of very important to me when I was a kid. It's, it's the, it's the visible pencil. Right. It's the line yeah. work is similar. The, the line the work. Tone yeah. The is completely different. The line is. Very yeah. Different. But something about the, it sort of felt to me like a midpoint between Quentin Blake and um, like the Tintin comics. Yeah. Uh, Her- Her- yeah from the Tintin, it has that kind of, you know, large areas of, of color and a focus on like, blocky color over over Mm. gradients and really expressive but very minimally illustrated things like facial expression facial features and eyes like the eyes are Mm -hmm. all the sort of tintin eyes where it's really just a slight line but it still manages to have expression so there used to be a button in wireframe software for ux where you could take all your hard lines and convert them to sketch mode where they suddenly look like they were in pencil line and had soft edges everything in the interface is soft has that pencil line quality it's very well crafted yeah it looks illustrated like hand illustrated although i'm sure a lot of it's computer designed or computer illustrated someone should take basically every every source file in ios and uh, hit that button so that everything looks like this yes <laughs> that would be going back to ios 7 shane <laughs> i it want also, them to do that it would be hard to know what was clickable but man i would be much happier <laughs> Man. Until I couldn't use the software. Well, how much more can we say about this game before we start transitioning into spoilers? We can talk territory. a little bit about the team behind it. Uh, other than Ken Wong, who we've mentioned, and he he's the he's the lead designer from he's the creative director from Monument Valley. Um, he brought on a team. I think this really is you know so we've got we've got him as the creative director we have a, pr- a producer and two programmers and and that's the that's the entire team that made this um the uh producer she's made a lot of stuff that i've never heard of let me just put it that way <laughs> um a lot of stuff that i never played but she also worked on uh, to be or not to be by ryan norris oh so. i could see a bit of a through line there did she mm-hmm what what's her name because i don't think we said it it's a uh, kamina vincent did we cover that one for this show we have not covered that on the show. Oh man, we why haven't have. we covered that on this show? That game is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah it works great. It's a, it, because it's a book and not a game. Well, no, there's a there's yeah. an iOS version <laughs> that is excellent. So it, that makes it a game. Let's have yeah, I was gonna say let's have let's have that conversation now. Uh, and while we're at it, what is art? I would love to have that <laughs> conversation right now. It depends on what the definition of is is. Are robots people? Discuss. Yeah, so the uh, the, the other two, yeah, we've got uh, the programmer and lead programmer, Sam Crisp and Tony uh, Kokzuli. Please tell me I pronounced Kokzuli right. 
Kutno. It's definitely Kuklozi. Kuklozi. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, electrifying. The two of them seem interesting. The, what, the thing that interested me, did me the most when I was kind of just reviewing who's involved uh, was Sam Crisp's um, work on something called Movement Study One. Uh, and having clicked through and seen that, it looks like a little bit of the DNA of that went into uh, into this. It looks like a uh, uh, kind of a short adventure game uh, about like just you know some people hanging around in in Melbourne. Which there's there's definitely some DNA of that. Uh, one of my favorite segments of this game is all about just what what can you do if you're hanging around Melbourne? At the same time, their lead program was the lead dev on Cuphead. So. Yeah. I've none of that is in well the artist but you know so um, you know he he can he can do programming that makes uh illustrations look like they're a video game or makes video games look like they're illustrations true. or you know yeah. both it's getting we're, it's getting real hard not to talk about about all my feelings about this story can we uh it is we move yeah. around to this <laughs> point I think, yeah I think we were ready to go into the yeah, I, I think we're 10 probably, minutes ago yeah <laughs> yeah I don't think we can hold off talking about the meat of this experience any longer the the story of Florence uh, and the game is primarily a story or it's a you know it's a really interesting interactive way to deliver a story um, but we don't want to spoil that story so we're going to roll towards our spoiler break before we do uh, first off thank you listener for joining us if you are very spoiler sensitive or you haven't played Florence yet this would be a good time to hop off and go play it you're probably listening to this episode on an iPhone right now aren't you you can pop over to the app store and download this game for $2.99 which I think is a really fair uh, price for something so artfully created um, it's uh, it's a fairly large download I'll warn you all of that exquisite music uh, takes up a lot of space on your device for something that that is a as short an experience as this uh, I was very surprised to see that it's a little over 1.2 gigabytes so uh, prepare yourself for that but otherwise uh Pop over to the App Store, download Florence, and meet us back here post-spoiler break, where we'll be discussing our reactions to the story. Uh, I have been your host, Reagan Kelly. You can find me on Twitter, at Reagan K, and you can find our show on the web at www.theshortgame.net or on Twitter, at underscore shortgame. Shane, where can people find you? You can find me on the internet, at 8BitShane. And Laura, where can people find you? You can also find me on Twitter, at Laura J. Nash. And Nate, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, at NateSTL. And not only did we love this game, but we also love iTunes reviews. So Thank you. I, wanna... I thought you were going <laughs> to say, we also love you. but we love No, we love, well... We love all our listeners, but there are certain listeners who we love more. There are listeners that are, we, that are more equal than others, and those are the ones that have left us iTunes reviews. And so I want to take this moment to give a shout out to two people who recently did. Uh, Greg12345, 12345. I'm going off their iTunes review uh, name here. Uh, Among a lot of very nice things, they said, this show makes me smile. Greg, you make us smile. And uh, the other one by uh, was written Thank by you, Greg. Metal, Metal underscore Butterfly uh, said some very nice things. Uh, headline, these guys are cool. No, Metal <laughs> Butterfly, you're the one that's cool. Thank you for writing us a review. If you would like your name and your headline read back to you on the uh, podcast, leave us a review. We 
deeply appreciate it. If you actually think about a metal butterfly, that is pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. And a Greg one, two, three, four, five, Greg uh, one, two, three, four, five is also pretty cool. As well as all those who have left us reviews in the past. uh, We really, really do appreciate it. Uh, It helps us a lot, but also, you know, it's just great to hear from you. And this is a way that's kind of beneficial to us and fun. So uh, thank you to you two. And thank you to those in the future. And thank you listeners for joining us. Uh, Here it is your spoiler break. The first thing that you'll see and hear when you open up Florence is the first chapter of the first act, and the game is split into many very small chapters that take some of them maybe one or two minutes. Um, The first thing you'll see is the first chapter called Adult Life, which is going to be familiar to anybody. It's just Florence Yeo, who's 25 years old, lives in Melbourne. She's going through her day, and it starts off with just hitting snooze on her alarm clock, brushing her teeth, and every, you know, every activity that you do in your typical day, kind of your your 9 to 5, uh, is represented here, you know, from Instagramming on the train to working on a spreadsheet at work. And kind of going through the motions, literally, you're going through the motions of her life. And what is uh, really great about this is, is I mean, it's, it's a super identifiable moment, but it connects you tangibly with this character because uh, you, are, you are her doing every little minute interaction in her day. And it sets the tone for the rest of the game. But in this first act, the first three chapters... Uh, we just sort of establish who is Florence because Florence is truly the, the, the main character, obviously the title yeah. character. And then at the very end of it, we introduce in a, a chapter called music. She's introduced to the, uh, uh, the romantic interest of the story. And I think one of my favorite things about this opening section is that the drudgery isn't boring per se but it does kind of feel like busy work it's a lot of tapping a lot of just like scrolling through instagram on the train talking to your mom brushing your teeth eating toast (laughs) it's like you know doing accounting work it doesn't really feel like she's having uh she's not living her best life and uh very relatable it's it's a game where the drudgery doesn't feel um necessarily like the most exciting mechanics in the world but you also feel like oh it's not supposed to be something is mm-hmm. coming yeah and so when some the when uh the love interest comes in it really mm-hmm. is a sweeping change you can even go back and you can see where it's a little different where she think looks through memories of doing art and it feels a little more interesting when you're doing those sections you know that there's something buried in Florence which I, I, thought, love. I thought there was something really relatable about her just as a character you know she's this she seems introverted. Um, she clearly has friends because of her Instagram feed, but it seems like they are sort of at a distance. Uh, it's something that she only ever really interacts with through her phone. Um, and uh, she's kind of, you get the vibe that she's like this. Um, uh, I, I think, I think she's kind of a late bloomer, you know, like she's, mm-hmm. she's a, uh, she's a kind of quiet person who, has a lot I mean like you said Laura she has like she has something within her that is more than what we're seeing in these opening like uh, 
ride the train to work, talk to mom on the phone yeah. irritatedly and answer questions about why you don't have a boyfriend yet kind of stuff. I <laughs> found I found one thing like relatable about her and that is that, you know, she's seeming she's she's a very smart and organized person, but she has a closet in her house that just opening the door is dangerous because everything just sort of falls out uh, and uh, and traps her underneath a mm. pile of garbage. So I mean, and that's me also. Yeah, so. it's. I mean, I, I I live in filth, but I have. Um, <laughs> I I I did relate because I think often the stories you get told about ladies are like ladies who are perfect or ladies who have like are just completely hot messes and have nothing worked out. And she's just kind of living a boring, quiet life, a life of quiet desperation. I really enjoyed getting to see. Her, there's nothing wrong with her life. It's just not great. Yeah, I it's also an adult life. <laughs> well, yeah, she's, she's definitely adulting. Yeah. Um, also, just from a gameplay side, I think it's a pretty good like you know level one one. Uh, the first things you're doing. Not that the game gets much more complicated, but it really is like super simple. There's no instructions ever. It never says pick this up. I mean, there's kind of these little gray circles that'll appear on the screen that kind of indicate maybe how your finger is supposed to move. But for the most part, it's just like, oh, there's a toothbrush in the middle of the screen. You tap it and you start moving it back and forth like you do a toothbrush and a blue bar starts to fill up. And it sort of grows from there. Um, And they're boring and it serves a purpose because they're boring activities, but they also set you up for later in the game when things get a little bit more complicated and you have to get a little bit more involved on the screen. Did anybody Uh, else find the um, collectibles inventory a little hard to manage right off the bat? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's very difficult. And all the side quests and, um, you know, all that was pretty complicated. Yeah, the crafting system. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. These are jokes for people who haven't played the game and didn't listen to it. Oh, sorry, I was... I was flashing over to uh, flashing over to Monster Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's I, it's the standard thing with with uh, your dryness. I was like, wait, did I miss a collectible thing? And I'm like, wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, speaking of crafting, there's a uh, there's an early scene in chapter two that I think kind of sets up like so you you know you see Florence as this sort of um, office lady who. Uh, exists only in the moments where she's like traveling between work and home and flipping through photos on her phone. And, uh, then we immediately jump to, she, the, her, some mementos from her past fall out of her closet. And we jump to seeing Florence as a seven year old, uh, making art. And suddenly the game is in color. I mean, there's some color, but like Florence's world in the initial chapter is mostly gray, whereas suddenly young Florence exists in a world of color and she's uh, doing these. It's got a really cute little uh, system that lets you do art as Florence and make uh, a little sailboat and a butterfly. Yeah, you stamp these swatches onto uh, the sailboats and the butterfly and uh personal sidetrack i got really excited because this whole put a swatch on rotate and fill a space was my first game designed for hannah montana designer dreams <laughs> and, available uh, online get it now on <laughs> if you want to go to a shady shady off-brand site that'll make you download a flash file yes available online <laughs> no laura i really want to play hannah montana designer dreams now your hey. your first game work it sounds i, I you know i it's I think actually it's- really fun and the clothes are so tacky 
There's like, like instead of, uh, in this game, you're doing classy prints of like hearts and stars and things for, for a seven-year-old. When I was doing it, it was like sequins and cheetah print and camouflage. It was like, no doubt threw up on a game and I was very excited to build it. That's actually, oh. that sounds like a blast actually. And I mean, it really works here. It's a really nice little way to do art without requiring you, the, uh, the player, to be artistic. But you get to put a little bit of your design sense into these cute little seven-year-old creations. Um, and what I love about it is that one of these becomes a bit of a through line. You know, Florence uh, makes this butterfly art as a seven-year-old and then finds it again in her closet. And at least at this stage, she kind of just looks at it, right? You know, it, it doesn't like, it's not a revelation to her yet, but you can see that it kind of reminds her of something about herself that she hadn't exactly forgotten, but that she literally put away in the closet, you know, in order to be an adult. Yeah, I think we all have those, you know, those hobbies, those things that you main. I, I, like my my parents dropped a whole box of stuff from my childhood, and I I was really into karate when I was like eight, and I have all these really? karate trophies. Wow, yeah, it's pretty funny actually. If you know me now, it's like that's so far. From, we learn a lot uh, about you on this show: a ska band and karate. <laughs> yeah, uh, infinite depths. Um, yeah, and not that I would ever get back into karate, but you Why know, you not? look at that something like, oh, that was a big part of my life for a while. I think it probably um, says something about me that all the shit I was into, I'm still into. I, I did a tournament and I got kicked in the face and started crying, and I never went back. So, oh, neat, <laughs> buddy, you're not supposed to kick in the face. That's like a, you're not supposed to. Do <laughs> That's that. a rule. Is that a rule? Yeah. Is, this, is it true? You're not supposed to get kicked in the face. I have glasses. <laughs> I have glasses. Okay. I have giant glasses. I'm so <laughs> delighted that the little, like, it's literally the chapter called Memories. And all we've done is sit there and be like, when I was a young lad, <laughs> when I was a young game designer. When I was like, a young warthog. Um, when I was a young warthog. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, I don't know. This game trudged up a lot of emotions, maybe because I dated several cellists, but. Um, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. It was a weird theme. It really seems like this game is, I mean, it's telling a specific story about a specific person, but it seems like a, a series of things trying to remind you of like, hey, you've been in a relationship, right? Presumably. Do you remember what this yeah. part felt like? Do you remember what this other part felt like? What about this you last part? remember in um, Life is Strange really early on in that game, if you played it, there's that scene where um, main character of Life is Strange walks out into the school hall, puts on her headphones and like some indie rock song is playing and it's just like, all the kids in school are walking around and it felt like a like a tailored specific thing to make you feel nostalgic about a certain time of your life. I feel like that's what this game does, but for like I think if you're over the age of 25 you or not even necessarily that. You've probably experienced a lot of things that uh Florence goes through in this game, maybe not the whole through line that she goes through, the exact experience, but you can connect to individual moments like constantly in this game that pull you into your own life experience. I think that's part of the reason why there's no dialogue, why they like you can put yourself into it very, very easily. Let's talk about the second act. In the second act, uh, she's walking, you know, at the end of the first act, she's walking through uh, a park or I guess she's on her way to and from work. And she hears beautiful music, beautiful cello being played. And she sees the most beautiful boy playing and the most beautiful. And she floats in the air. Oh, that she was very floats, cute. She floats along. She's carried along. I think, so what is it? She, she's, she's, I think it was really cute. Like her, her phone dies. And so she has to take her headphones out. 
and suddenly she's connected to the world around her, and that's when she hears this beautiful music, and she floats along until she sees this uh, beautiful, beautiful, scruffy-looking boy playing playing the cello. Busking. And uh, then she is hit by a bus. <laughs> Wait, is she? I forgot about that. No, she's she's on her bike. She's hit by a car or something. She right? gets she she falls off. There's a well, crash. I think she I think she sees Chapter him. Chapter four crash. Yeah, she, I think she sees him and she like literally double takes and crashes her bike. Oh, <laughs> like I right. think it's more like I I didn't um but yeah and you literally have to oh, like sorry. turn so and get things in she's focus. Seen him. She's seen him yeah. before, but now. She rubbernecks and is like, damn, he's hot. She sees him walking around with his, like, little cello case strapped to his back. And, you know, her head turns a little too far. And, uh... And love. She is struck by... Now I'm I'm, I'm opening up the app to see what it was again. There's a... Actually, this is a cool interaction where, um, it's... There's, like, multiple dials that you have to dial in to, like, focus on things. And you focus, obviously, on the wrong thing, looking at uh, Chris's butt. And, um, <laughs> well, yeah, it's fun because you're dazed. Like you, f- you fell, and this is where like the gameplay mechanic fits with what actually happened. Is like you're you're blurry, and you're trying to f- figure out what's going on. And so you have to align the dials, and it focuses in on Chris. And um, and then from there, you know, romance blossoms. Right? Uh, he, you, you start to have these conversations, um, which I think to me was the the one that really stood out to me the most in this whole game was the conversation mechanic uh, when you first start talking to Krish uh, from his side it, it, you know a little speech bubble comes up and then for you you have to actually uh, put together a puzzle like literally a puzzle be like you know three to like ten different pieces that form your own speech bubble so you put together that speech bubble and then she responds and then he responds. And then as you talk to him more, the puzzle gets simpler and simpler and simpler, starting with a lot of pieces all the way down to where it's three pieces that are basically already aligned and you just have to slide them into the speech bubble. And it's super nuanced and it, it just it's like it is the feeling of conversation getting easier with somebody as you get to know them. And as you start to, you know, become involved with that person, you can just talk to them about anything and everything. You're not being as, you know, when you're first starting to get to know someone, especially if it's something that's like romantic, everything is like a calculated thing, right? Like, what do I say next? How, what do I say? What do I say? What do I say? This, it just evolves into like, you're just talking. Uh, It's really subtle and and, and and really beautiful. It's a really cool way to handle it. I, and I, I love that that mechanic is a bit of a through line through the game. Um, and that they bring it up again when uh, Florence and Chris are having fights later in the game when they're you know they're starting to drift apart. Um, you know the the uh, when they're fighting, they're uh, you're trying to get a word in, right? You're trying to win the argument, and uh, the the little puzzle pieces become simpler. Uh, simpler to put together, but in a way, also it seems like that kind of like carelessness, right? Like you, the how you, you when you're having a, a heated argument or a heated conversation with somebody, um, you may not really be thinking about what you're saying, and so the same is true for for Florence here when you're when you're dragging her little speech bubble pieces together into a little puzzle, they're just a couple of pieces and you know Florence is not giving deep thought to what she's doing she's throwing together something maybe to cut or to wound uh, 
it, 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 it's it's really neat how that mechanic is used again in a way that makes like that I, you know I didn't as the player I was like I don't want to put these pieces together because they're I, I don't want them <laughs> I don't to want to fight and, yeah. well I think it's really lovely that not only are these conversation bubbles used to change the pace and that feeling of clicking with yeah. somebody but also it's kind of mini combat I mean the story is super linear it's not like if you decide that you're going to rapid fire put together these pieces and fire back in an argument that magically you're going to not break up there's no way to you know win this game by having a better fight just as that's not how you (laughs) win a relationship by talking faster Um, but at the same time you do get a little bit of choice you get to decide how much you're going to um if you're going to lay back and take it and let him talk more and and just fight back when you want you can kind of control how you fight um which i find really it's not charming, but it's very meaningful. And another time they let you make choices is when you're moving in with him. You can decide what you keep and what you give away. You get to decide how you're moving in with somebody. That is absolutely my fate. I think that, personally, I think that's the strongest yeah. interaction in, in the game because that's the the one moment where we don't see Krish and Florence. They're not on screen. Instead, we're seeing their, their apartment, their environment, and they're moving in together and it's basically asking you to go through that sort of negotiation that you have to do when you move in with somebody where you decide, okay, you know, we now have two toasters. Which toaster do we keep? Mine or yours? Little stuff like that all the way up to like, well, I guess it's only fair that I have a picture of his family up next to mine, but that means that I have to get rid of this cool thing on my shelf. Or, you know, we only have space for so many pairs of shoes which of my pairs of shoes do I want to put into storage? And so you're you're presented with several different little scenes, mostly just a room or a wall or a shelf, and you have to go through it and decide, like, what do I keep of mine? What of Krish's do we put up in the house? And what do we put away where we're not going to see it? I really agree with you. I think this is one of the best interactions in the game. One of two really really good interactions and it's because this is one of really only two places in the game where you're making choices that are meaningful a lot of the interactions are things that you do that kind of move the story forward or connect you with the characters like you know i don't know brushing your teeth but in this moment and in the creation of the butterfly and the and the sailboat well really the butterfly um you are making a choice that is going to come back to you uh, in a meaningful way later on in the story. You are uh, here when you decide where you're putting things away and, you know, packing things, unpacking things onto the shelves, you know, that the choices that you make kind of unconsciously there have a meaning when later you're having to uh, pack to move away. And with the butterfly, you are drawing and building this, you know, just little colorful blob you know in my case but the decisions that you made there that led to the colorful blob that you have are you know come back to you because you're presented with that butterfly in a meaningful way again in the future and i think that's what makes those two elements the most interesting uh to me uh i i would really like to see uh i i love places where you know when we talk in games about meaningful choices 
a lot of times we're talking about oh well you know if you if it's it's a meaningful choice because if you if you pick the uh uh if you pick the strength based class then you're locked out of the dexterity based classes later on for multi-classing that's the kind of meaningful choices that we talk about sometimes but this is meaningful in that you know it has emotional weight that you aren't prepared for at the at the start like it presents you with these ch- tiny choices that you might not even realize are choices and then when they come back to you they're presented with actual story meaning with actual emotion attached to them and it it's more emotional for you because of that yeah and a couple things about that it's like it's not meaningful because it changes anything in the story it's it's just meaningful because it reminds you that you're present in the story i think you know and and it's not like uh it's not like you know, this is not like telltale meaningful choices where, you know, it tells you you put Krish's, uh, uh, you know, skateboard into storage and it pops something. Ooh. Krish will remember that. Krish, yeah, it's, Krish it's nothing like that. that. It's like it doesn't have it doesn't have like uh, like a, a plot relevance or like it doesn't have like a weight in the story. Exactly. It You're just not unlocking has, the true ending. Yeah, it just has a personal it, it, it has on some level. I don't think it, you can help but have some kind of personal meaning to when you make those choices. No, you guys, I picked the exact right stuff, and I got the good ending with Krish. Um, yeah, there you got, go. I got married well, and uh, famous. Perfect. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, the developers have mentioned Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind as one of their um, touch points while they're working on the story. And to me, what this mechanic, this revisiting of you know moving out, it's such a short game, but it manages to give us something really concrete to look back at. When you're you made that decision to keep the picture next to it or to get rid of it or to get rid of something you liked with a cricket bat. And then when you put that cricket stick, cricket bat, cricket, <laughs> cricket sure piece of sports equipment back into the box, you're not only moving him out, but you're remembering, oh, I sacrificed part of me to let him in. You know, it, it just gives it a lot more umph than a click here to put it away especially the fact that you have to put it in a box called storage which is it's just a lot sadder i mean moving out and breaking up is depressing enough but knowing that you've you made those choices for a reason presumably even if it was i don't like the color blue whatever reason it is we'll mm. come back yeah so we we've kind of discussed i think really the entire middle and meat of the main part of this game which is uh florence and krish getting together and then florence and krish breaking up uh there is some interesting stuff though uh, in the nature of their relationship krish starts going to the academy of music so you see sort of the sacrifices um you know a relationship makes or takes when somebody has to commit themselves really really heavily to something like that and all the while, uh, Florence is starting to work on her painting, but she has to basically give that up. Uh, it seems to maybe support them um, while Krish is in the Academy of Music, which leads to when they break up uh, after a, you know another period of sort of returning to the banality of her former life. Uh, Florence gets back into painting. And the game gets a little... Uh, it's the only part that, like, it almost felt... Like you're happy for Florence, but I, it was a little strange to me because she essentially becomes like a very successful artist at the end, um, which is great. 
I, I, but I was I, I'd love to talk to you guys about, like what the what you got from that. Well, I don't know. I, I think like the the whole sort of I guess theme to me of the story was that like Florence uh, was in this sort of state of like arrested personal development or you know emotional or artistic development partly just because she had you know uh, she'd flown maybe too quickly into this lifestyle of like the accountant office lady that that really wasn't ultimately what suited her um and krish like woke her up and so i think really this isn't a game about her being in love with krish it's about her like um being in love with being an artist, not specifically a visual mm-hmm. artist, but like, you know, uh, being in love with, you know, I think it's easy in some cases uh, to, to like meet someone who embodies something that you want to be and think that you love them, but actually what you really love is like what, like what they inspire in you. And I think that's kind of the story of Florence is like, she's, you know, she ultimately isn't suited to be with Krish, but he wakes her up to something that was in there all along since she was seven. This artistic, um, you know, inner life she has that she's buried in her closet. And once, uh, even with Krish out of her life, she realizes that hasn't left. You know, it's not gone. And I, I don't know. I, I, I could see that, like, I was a little bit like, you know, it's a, it's a very tidy ending for her to suddenly... Uh, suddenly find painting again after Krish leaves and suddenly be uh, not only just painting in her spare time as an office lady, but suddenly showing in galleries and, and her mom is okay with it now. And, you know, everything is coming up roses. Uh, but I don't know. I, I'm, I'm glad it ended that way. I, I thought it was yeah, like a lovely it's a nice ending story. Know, but who, who in your life gets to say, what are your dreams, but the person you're dating it's a real cheese ball thing. Like it's not your casual friends are going to ask you over nachos. Yeah. So I think it's, it's being honest with herself about actually saying she has a dream. That's not living in an office because everyone else you say, well, I have a great job and you don't want to get that deep. So I'm, it's, you know, this game is so empathetic. It's asking you to empathize with it. And so it is a little tidy, but to be in, I guess my headcanon is that she had a really good Etsy shop. And <laughs> I don't think it's even headcanon. Like she, it shows her webpage. As yeah. One like of she's the got a website selling art. Like she has a gallery, but like it, it's not like she's a fine art gallery. But it starts with just like she's selling her stuff online. And it's the kind of yeah. very decorative, cute, like, you know, you see her art and essentially it's like very nice little prints of flowers. And, you know, it, it, I mean, this it's background stuff in the game. The, the game doesn't have to impress you with Florence's art. But yeah, but it, it's like it does you have put it up in your house. Of like, well, <laughs> yeah, that's that very nice. Sell, bro. That looks nice. That'll sell on it. I think it's also just supposed to be representative right. of like Absolutely. her art. It's not mm-hmm. necessarily like this is literally she does flowers. Yeah, we're not here to judge Florence's art. Yeah, you can see you can see her art to the level of detail that you can see her face, which is like three lines. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. but it's lovely. Um, I, I I really liked the ending quite a lot. And yeah, yeah, me too. I've got to say, uh, like I'm I'm surprised to hear some cynical notes here uh, uh, at the ending because. To me, it had such a beautiful, perfect ending. Um, Florence, you know, she, we all, we all take something from every relationship that we have, whether it goes, goes well or ill. That's, I think the, the message of this and 
that it also show you know shows that she's a strong person who doesn't need a um, you know a, a, a man in her life to find happiness. I think that's a beautiful sentiment as well, especially as unexpected as it is in, in something as romantic as this story is. Um, so honestly, yeah, I really, I really thought the ending was, uh, was lovely. Yeah. I really loved the moment towards the end when she's leaving her office job and it uses that packing up mechanic one more time as she's packing up her desk and she finds under her keyboard, a picture of Krish and her together in happier times or not happier times really, but in, in other times. And you can see her just sort of smile at it and, and put it away in her box. You know, she's carrying that with her forward. She's no longer heartbroken over it. She's not rejecting the past she's not shredding every photo of krish um but you know she's now moving on i I just thought it was like really nice and i was i was like expecting and honestly kind of i don't know if i was dreading exactly but i was kind of expecting the scene in the gallery where she's beginning to show her art i was like krish is gonna be here i thought the same thing but it doesn't pull that card, which I think would have been a little easy. You know, it it's yeah. it's a moment of like, you know, she's there with her mom and she's like meeting friends and she's showing her art and it's a it's a successful moment and mm-hmm. and it's not about that part of her past. It's about you know the the woman she's become. Yeah, one more of those m- meaningful choices coming back to you is is whether or not you answered all your mom's calls. Yeah, I didn't mean exactly this. If it came off as cynical, I guess more I was just, I, I was surprised at how, as Reagan put it, like tidy the ending was. I guess I am maybe cynical to, to like these types of stories where you just expect it to end um, not like almost perfect for the person, right? Um, so that surprised me, um, but I do see the sort of the point that she grew from this from the relationship with Christian while there was it ended bad for them two in that moment big picture it's a a great experience and a and a, and a defining part of her life um because probably if she you know you never know but if she had her and Chris hadn't had their time together she may or may not have gotten back into uh, painting and you know may or may not have become this type of successful so uh, it, it, I was just surprised how quickly it seems to happen and how tidy it is. Um, but I do think it serves the bigger purpose of the message that the game is trying to get across. Yeah, the romance novel genre has like the terms happily ever after and happy for now to the point that people even abbreviate them when talking about them. Uh, hi, Jenny, if you listen. My, our friend <laughs> reps romance novel, and that's why I know this. Um, but I am really happy that the love of her life was her art and not, and it's fine. Like it's not, it's not happy or sad. It just is Mm -hmm. not him, but she'll be better for it. And it also, it does seem to happen relatively. Like we don't know what the rest of her life looks like, but we, we do probably know that her relationship with Krish is a major factor in what led her to get rediscovering her art. Um, but we don't necessarily know that that's the end of her like romantic life. Oh no! Right? No, like, we're, we're just seeing that like window into it, and so who who knows where she goes next? Because she seems to be about the same age when that all starts happening. There's not like a 
aging moment where she now she looks like a 50 year old woman (laughs) yeah i think this takes place maybe over the course of a couple of years yeah it's all still the same sort of time um so we don't know maybe you know she florent florence too oh god you know she meets someone else (laughs) and they get married uh, or whatever but it doesn't really matter i mean with all that said one of the images that's going to stick with me the most is when they are actually when it's over you do a puzzle of the two of them in bed and you realize that they're facing opposite directions and the puzzle pieces do not fit together. Yeah. And it is just one of the most beautiful moments I've had in kind of games as metaphor. And, and the, the one that was similar to that too, where um, it's them hugging and it, it's like, it's it's in the middle of them fighting. The, the fight's been going on and it's a picture of them hugging and you're trying to put it back together, but the pieces keep drifting apart really, really slowly. And it's really, really, really hard to actually put it back together. That was beautiful. Um, and it's just like, yeah, it's a perfect metaphor. It's like, it's been splintered. They're drifting apart and you can struggle and try to put it back together. But ultimately like that drift has already happened and it's, you know, very unlikely that that perfect image of them together will ever be that way again Um, and it's there's so many of those in this game that these little tights like mechanics with just your finger tapping or dragging on something on a screen that is like representative that makes you feel something way more than what's actually happening on the screen Uh, and I think that's the biggest success of this game the the conversations that what we just discussed the the packing things away um I think that's what sticks with you from this game. The the story itself is is it's good. It serves the purpose, but it, you know it, it's it's kind of a atypical or a typical sort of progression of a of a of a romance, right? Hook up, everything's great. It falls apart, and you become a new person from it. That's not new, but the way that they tell it in this game is, I think, is very unique and very successful, and ultimately what makes this game stand out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Let's wrap. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Let's wrap. Uh, yeah. We all had I, so many feelings. <laughs> many feelings. I, I really think this is like a promising example of like, you know, I hope that more uh, comics creators take a look at digital platforms and do something clever with them. I mean, I mean, I remember like years and years ago, uh, Scott McCloud had this whole idea about infinite canvas comics. And he thought, you know, now that, now that, now that, uh, we're not confined to a page, uh, you know, what can comics do with, you know, with that infinite space and being able to arrange panels in a way that isn't necessarily top to bottom, left to right, you know, how can we, how can we do that? And I've seen surprisingly, it's been a decade since then, and I've seen surprisingly little done with that idea. This isn't quite that same idea, but it's still, it's an idea of like, what can we do with comic art in a digital medium where we're, you know, now unmoored from like the realities of having to print something on dead trees. And this is a beautiful expression of that. And I really hope we see more stuff like this telling more personal, interesting stories. Um, And I'm really glad we played it for the show. Um, We already did all of our admin up top before the spoiler break. So uh, unless anybody else has any uh, last thoughts to leave us with, 
I do. I just want to congratulate us on once again having an episode that is longer than the game that we played. <laughs> Probably true, uh, depending on how... That's the short game way. Well, that's the way we do it on the short game. So, listener, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The Short Game. <laughs>